Welcome to the Farm Commons Podcast, where we make farm law accessible and actionable for sustainable farmers and ranchers, as well as their networks of support. I'm Eva. And I'm Kate. In each episode, we explore real legal issues faced on farms every day, providing key knowledge and tangible solutions to help you grow a thriving agricultural business. From managing liability to navigating tough conversations with landlords and neighbors, we've got your back. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Farm Commons podcast. It's Eva here, and we've got an important new topic that we'll be exploring in this episode, and that is managing health and safety on the farmer ranch, specifically disabling dangers that lead to lost digits and limbs, and providing you with key ways to manage those risks. And I'm here today back with Rachel to get into it. Hi, Rachel. How's it going? Hi, Eva. Hi, everybody. I am doing good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Happy to be here as always. And down here in North Carolina, lately the weather has been so wonderful. Um, So I've been getting out for some long distance trail runs. Uh, But, um, you know, the topic of this convo with injuries on those trails, there are lots of roots and rocks. So potential for injury is pretty high. So I'm I'm feeling the nature of this topic in me. (laughs) I, I imagine so. Um, I bet there are some training techniques and things that you use to manage that, but um, I'll admit, I don't know much about that. I am not a trail runner. My primary form of exercise here in Duluth is definitely moving snow. Um, That's actually something I think that really relates to today's topic as well. Um, Where where I am, specifically here in Duluth, we have had record-setting snowfall. Um, And all the farmers are dealing with that. You know, the snow falls on their hoop houses, their shed roofs, and it can be it can be dangerous, not just if it slides off, but it can cause collapse and um, and, you know, other infrastructure problems. So definitely ties back into injury management, our topic today, and uh, what we can do about those in terms of, you know, financial risk and other losses, um, not just literal injuries, but, um, but, or I'm sorry, not just how to prevent injuries, but how to keep the fact that injuries do happen from becoming an even bigger problem for the farm. Yeah, absolutely. And farming, is inherently risky with, you know, more roots and rocks and snow and all the rest to worry about. And that can sometimes lead to um, open wounds, broken bones, and lost limbs, which, you know, we haven't actually gotten into actual injuries um, on the farm and ranch in our podcast, but injuries to owners are common and accidents do happen while at work. And so we want to make some space to get into what managing the risk of those, those, Injuries, broken bones, lost limbs can actually look like. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, to build on our snow example, folks out here, um, you know, if they have a hoop house that um, that's set up and they're getting in there to do some some seeding, um, they've probably been trying to clear the snow from the sides of the hoop house for um, for some months now. And for anyone who's used a snowblower, you know that occasionally they will they will jam, and you've got to. 
um, you know, try to get in there and clear the, the clogged snow um, from the equipment. And, you know, bad things can happen, as I'm sure you can imagine. You know, equipment can malfunction, mistakes are made, and you can even lose a finger or, or worse. So it's, it's, it's something that happens no matter the season or the needs on the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, injuries like that, lost digits or limbs, it can really impact the business and with that, the farmer or rancher's future livelihood. So that's why we're going to share some avenues for recovery if and when this happens to you or someone in your farming community so that you can manage this risk for yourself and also help your peers manage it. And a key question to keep in mind as we, we go through this exploration is what kind of coverage do you have for work-related injuries right now? Totally, totally. And I think one of the key things you said there is work-related injuries. We're talking about injuries that occur in the course of self-employment. So that means like not when you're recreating or having a good time. Although definitely farmers in our line of work confuse recreation with work. But we are we are definitely limiting today's conversation to injuries that happen while at work. Like working for your farm or ranch business to do, you know, earn your income. Accidents happen with, you know, PTO tractor and trailer hookups, um, trailers get unhitched, gates that malfunction. I mean, all sorts of things. We know that. The first thing we are going to take a look at is what does your individual health insurance cover? Got to take a look at your policy to see if it excludes injuries from self-employment. Now, this is the case whether it's a policy that you purchased on the marketplace or if it's a policy that you have through your own or your spouse's employer. Yeah, I know for myself how hard it can be to get the answers um, in terms of what does my individual health insurance cover right now? Um, And for suggestions on how you can look into that for yourself, listeners out there, um, is to check your policy. And the ways that you can do that are if you have a spouse who is providing you with health insurance coverage through their employment, you can ask your spouse to ask their HR person um, or department for assistance um, in looking into uh, what that individual health insurance policy covers. And if the health insurance policy that you have is not through a spouse's employer, um, but like through healthcare provider, the marketplace, um, check and see if your provider has a helpline phone number and consider calling them with your questions. And if neither of the above applies or works out for you, try to get your hands on the actual policy and read it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it does come down to reading the policy, which can painful but is also an important exercise if it is um, your only path to discovering what's covered. It should be um, fairly apparent. It should say something like, you know, does not cover injuries from self-employment. And if you don't find that, that's great. If you don't find that it's excluded, you can probably assume that you do have coverage. But Even if you do have coverage for injuries from self-employment through health insurance, you may still have something to gain from getting additional coverage through workers' compensation, disability, and or life insurance. 
It's really just a matter of assessing the risks to your farm and deciding if more protection is worth it to you. Yeah, and we actually do a cost-benefit analysis of health insurance uh, coverage versus workers' compensation coverage for the farm farmer or rancher, um, so not your employees, but for yourself. In a previous episode, uh, that is called Strategies for, for Covering Yourself um, from the Risk of Injuries on the Farmer Ranch. But like you said, Rachel, we're focusing on the decision of whether or not to cover yourself with a workers' comp policy or even um, disability or life insurance in addition to that that private health insurance if you find that you know injuries from self-employment are excluded. Yeah, definitely. So if we start with workers' comp, start with that subject, mm-hmm. especially if you find you don't have coverage through your health insurance policy, then definitely consider getting workers' comp because then you will have coverage for um, injuries that occur at work. But even if you do, um, let's talk a few a through, a, through a few reasons why you might still want coverage through workers' comp. Um, lost wages are an important one. Um, your health insurance policy doesn't cover um, lost wages because you got injured. Transportation to doctor's appointments, so mileage, um, you know, any any other transportation needs that you might have. Prescriptions, too often our private health insurance doesn't cover the prescriptions that we need or cover them enough. Um, Other aspects of our medical bills and equipment that we might need may not be covered under health insurance, but would be under workers' comp. But another bigger one is that workers' comp can come with benefits for the loss of digits, fingers, limbs, and, you know, God forbid, loss of life as well. Um, the, the compensation is designed to compensate you for having, you know, going through the rest of your life without, you know, one of your fingers or, um, or, you know, as the case may be. Yeah. And that really puts it into perspective. Like, oh, you know, what, what are we covering? Well, the lifetime consequence of missing a digit or a limb, Um, And I can see how that coverage could be very useful to a farmer or rancher, um, especially if the business operation relies on their physical health. Like it's primarily like just the farmer or rancher running the operation, you know, not much, not much in the way of a um, work crew. It's mainly them shouldering the success um, and survival of the business. And so that really means a lost finger or limb, other digit, could have a huge impact on the operations of the business, the ability for the business to exist, and profitability moving forward. Right, right. It can mean needing different equipment, needing different procedures, and all of that can change um, operations and and profitability. Believe it or not, there is actually a, a, a set of tables, you know, an index of the kind of money that is associated with lost digits and limbs. Um, Definitely on the, uh, like, grotesque side, but important to know that this exists. So maybe, maybe our listeners have an uncle or a grandma that is missing, you know, a digit or another family member, um, perhaps who worked on a farm. If you think of them and what the loss of that finger or limb means, it can play into your choice to get workers' compensation. So, you know, the value of the lost income and quality of life due to this is measurable and 
folks out there, not me, but somebody has this job, they collect data and set dollar amounts for these losses. So, you know, they, they do the analysis, quantify the impact of not having a finger throughout a lifetime, and then, um, and then they even differentiate the, the, the dollar value that is assigned to like losing a thumb versus losing a pinky because, you know, they have a different effect. Okay, listeners, if your jaw just dropped <laughs> at what Rachel is sharing, it's true. She's not lying. There is an actual public tool on a platform called ProPublic that is titled Workers' Comp Benefits. How much is a limb worth? And this is an interactive tool that you can Google or, you know, we'll include a link to it in the show notes. You can check it out there and explore for yourself to see what a lost digit or limb is actually worth in your state um, using averages. So, you know, it might vary. Don't take the amounts in there as set in stone, but just to give you an idea of what you can expect workers' comp benefits to provide by limb. Um, so just as an example, back when I was farming, um, I was building a lot of tables for seeding in the greenhouse. And so I had, you know, my two by four studs, I was using a circular saw to cut wood and I was pretty careful. Um, but one day I was cutting wood into the night, trying to get some tables finished before the next day. And I did nick my ring finger using the saw, but thankfully it was not too bad. Um, but looking at the workers' comp benefit tool, just clicking around, selecting my ring finger, if I had cut it clean off, I could have expected workers' compensation to cover me for something in the range of $23,000 on the high end in North Carolina, which is the state that I'm in, for the lost lifetime benefit of my ring finger. So the tool also shows the national average of Loss lifetime benefit of a ring finger being $14,660. So I guess according to the data, um, North Carolina is a relatively good state to cut my ring finger off during work in, I guess. <laughs> I can't believe we're having this conversation, right? <laughs> um, I, I guess I guess things are looking good in North Carolina for everyone with ring fingers. <laughs> right. So it does really help to put things in perspective, though, um, that there really is a dollar value that is attached to these things. I mean, in all seriousness, though, no one wants to lose any fingers at all. Um, one of my friends has only half of her index finger, and it was the result of a hanging accident. And I'm sure if I asked her, would you like the money or do you want your finger back? I, I think I know what she would pick. So it's probably a good a good uh, point to pause in our conversation and say, well, look, I mean, nobody really wants to be here. Let's let's run through a few quick um, safety exercises that we can um, all do to make sure that we don't have to actually be considering how much money we're going to get for our finger. Few key things: cut the power, turn off the machine before you service it. You never know what sort of crazy thing is going to happen, and that uh, that can go a long way keeping you safe. Keep those guards and those shields that come factory installed in place. And after you service the equipment, put them back. I've been there. I know how easy it is to just like, hey, I got to get back to work. But put those back because uh, 
you know, missing a digit is, is going to really hold you back. Know and follow the recommended best practices for your PTO unit, your trailer use, and other hazardous activities um, on the farm and ranch. Um, there are some other, you know, we're not the authorities on how to be safe on the farm, although we really care about these issues. So we're going to drop a couple of links in the show notes as well. Um, folks like AgriSafe and, um, and a couple of other um, agricultural safety centers that will get you um, all the good information as well as great things like pre-formatted um, um, posters that you can put up to remind yourself and those that um, you care about, um, about safety practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing in those practical safety practices that can be implemented on the farm to avoid, yeah, missing a finger or another digit and how practicing safety um, and good communication on the farm as to, you know, if you're working with someone else, when you are going to cut a machine off and going in to service it, working as a team together and communicating about those best practices can work in tandem with having coverage through health insurance and or workers' compensation. Um, So the two really work together. And yeah, just thanks for those recommendations, Rachel. Um, In terms of, you know, our bread and butter, which is we cover more from like the insurance side of things, I have heard that disability insurance and also life insurance might be useful for managing these risks of injury to the farm or ranch operator. Um, And so curious, what do our listeners need to know about how those coverage options work? Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this because workers' comp isn't the right choice um, to elect coverage for every um, farm and ranch business owner. Um, And so those that... uh, you know, where we have a choice whether or not we want to cover ourselves with workers' comp. Sometimes it's not the right choice, but we we do have other options. Um, disability insurance is uh, is you know private insurance that that most folks can can go out and buy, and it also provides a benefit for things like losing a limb, uh, acquiring a chronic illness, or other debilitating condition that's going to leave you less able to earn your income over time. Yeah, that makes me think of some stories I've heard just in like other industries where, you know, say like professional ballet dancers and NBA basketball players insure their legs for millions of dollars because they need their legs to perform. And I'm thinking, you know, just as a farmer or rancher does, like they need their legs to go out and do field work, hop on the tractor, make deliveries, all the rest. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 a good parallel. I think I think the difference is that the, the the ballet dancer and the basketball player, well, you know, they insure for millions of dollars because that's that's what they make in money off of their legs. Um, you know, I wish farmers were making quite that amount of money, but you know, not exactly. But no worries, disability insurance is available to common folk just like us, um, and it offers you know set compensation for certain disabilities and time away from your work when you can't earn your income. And a lot of these policies, well, they function like most things on the private market. You can um, select a higher value plan that'll give you more for a longer period of time based on specific disabilities or less, if that is what suits your budget. Um, you pay more to get more benefits um, or a minimum to get, you know, just uh, the, the bear of what you would need to, uh, to get by. Yeah, the... Um... 
bare necessities from the jungle book is coming to mind exactly <laughs> that, that little jingle um but i do get sad though uh the thought of having all of your limbs come down to money like you mentioned earlier but this is a reality that when acknowledged we can use the tools that are available to us to manage and support a more positive outcome exactly better to think about the the risks and how to manage them than to be surprised in the end so, uh, you know, to help folks move forward, if disability insurance is sounding like a good strategy for, um, for our listeners, there's a few things folks should know going forward. If you're in California, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, or Rhode Island, um, those states make available some coverage through public disability insurance programs. But these are largely driven by the payroll system. And so if you aren't on payroll, if you're not getting a W-2 from your employer, whether that's um, your farm or an off-farm job, um, you would have to opt, you may be able to opt in to the system. But again, you'd have to choose to do that. And again, it would have to cover for self-employment. So get some details to look at there. Now, for the you know, the rest of us, those, all of us who don't live in those five states, we would need to proactively go out and buy disability insurance. Um, you know, any insurance agent that sells common um, uh, uh, insurance policies for end consumers like us, great place to start. They can get you in the right direction to exploring the disability insurance options that would help you recover from um, uh, losing a digit, a limb, or other chronic um, conditions. Yeah, no, that's great insight, Rachel. I'm um listeners might find it appealing that you can adapt the amount of coverage based on your needs, your tolerances, and also your budget for, for the year um, or, you know, whatever period of time the, the policies apply to, whether that's six months, 12 months, whatever. Now, for that third option, so we've talked about workers' compensation and disability insurance. Now, what about life insurance? Uh, because generally term life insurance provides a benefit to beneficiaries that gets paid out when the policyholder dies. Is there something more there that could be um, utilized before someone passes away? Yeah, that is the typical scenario. Um, life insurance um, doesn't ch- typically in its standard form offer financial uh, protection if you experience injury resulting in a long-term disability like losing a finger. It generally is going to pay out a death benefit amount when you die. However, in some cases, life insurance policies let you add on riders and things like that. You can add extra benefits that provide flexibility um, or disability um, income um, if uh, you suffer um, a, a disability. So... You can check into that and see, you know, if you have life insurance, you know, would you want to add on something that would cover you for disability? And of course, knowing that that would come at the cost of, uh, of a higher premium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. More coverage, higher cost. It's the way it goes. Right. We're not happy about it, but we're just telling you the facts. Exactly. So before wrapping up here, uh, we do need to point out what may be obvious, but maybe not. And that is the incentive to get coverage for lost wages that results from injuries in the course of self-employment often entails showing income. So you've got to show income in order to get that income covered in the case that it is lost due to um, 
becoming disabled in some way, whether that's losing a digit, a limb, um, some other chronic illness as a result of a work-related injury. So underreporting income, which is something that does happen in agriculture businesses, um, makes it harder to take advantage of any insurance that covers you for lost income, like workers' compensation. Um, and you know, it, it's worth also sharing that um, underreporting income can also impact other areas of business, um, such as passing on your business, so transitioning to the next. Uh, generation or buyer of the business and also qualifying for financing can be tricky when underreporting income. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up here at the end that um, if we're trying to cover for lost income, that, that depends on what income we're showing. Um, you farmers and ranchers, you know what's best for where you're at with your needs and you know what goals you have going forward. Um, you're in the driver's seat about what choices are right for you, and we're here to support you with information that can help shed light on how those um, options work so that you can move forward. Absolutely. So to summarize the, the best practices that we've covered today and considerations for those practices, remember your options. Um, first, look to see whether your health insurance individual policy covers work place injuries. And if not, next step is to consider whether workers' compensation coverage would be advantageous for you to cover your lost wages, those wages that you're reporting, uh, as well as lifetime benefit for lost digits or limbs. And also check out that ProPublica tool if you need some inspiration and motivation. Click around to the different body parts to see what you can expect from workers' compensation benefit to, to make the risk more real. Um, but of course, you know, we hope those risks never come to pass. But if and when they do, you will be prepared. Also, um, in addition to getting yourself covered through insurance, consider getting safety training and check out the free resources from organization, organizations like AgriSafe um, and others that we will uh, include in this episode's show notes. Uh, also, disability and life insurance uh, with disability riders tacked on can be options to further protect your ability to recover from a damaging accident on the farmer ranch. And lastly, a very exciting one that we are stoked to share with you. Keep an eye out for more health and safety resources for farm and ranch businesses coming to Farm Commons in late 2023. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Stay safe and keep growing your business. All right. Bye everyone. We're so glad you joined us for this episode of the Farm Commons podcast. If you are looking for more resources on your burning farm law questions, visit our website, at farmcommons.org for a variety of workshops, guides, checklists, tutorials, and more. You can also email your questions and comments to info at farmcommons.org. Stay tuned for our next episode, and until then, keep growing.